Welcome back to the Troubleshooting Life Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Poston, with my co-host, Jay Peters, where we talk about various topics, sharing our experiences on life and finance. What's going on, man? What's up, man? How's the mood? How's the mood? Oh, yeah. How's it going? It's good. Good. You know, happy Mother's Day to those that are out there. Oh, yeah. Definitely happy Mother's Day. Yeah. You up in Austin for uh, Mother's Day. Yeah, that was uh, kind of a sporadic thing. Uh, I just felt like I should get out of San Antonio for a little bit and uh, do something fun for the kids and the wife. Uh, they can do some shopping. Or we can go eat at my wife's favorite restaurant, all those good things. So I just thought it was something cool to do. Uh, use my points, which, you know, by just, just using that same card for expenses, built up the points, and I was just like, all right, boom. Let's just go. Let's go here. Let's just yeah. do it. You know. So, I like the I like the points thing, especially like uh, with like Amex or even uh, sitting like hotels or uh, or uh, airlines and stuff. Like Marriott is probably my go to hotel uh, chain. And then for me personally, like flights uh, Southwest is probably my thing. Yeah. No, that, that's uh yeah. This one here is Marriott. So. Uh, Seem to like it so far. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah. So Bombo Marriott. That's uh, that's the card I have. Uh, it, it's uh, yeah. With the points, they have a lot of nice things that you can go do. They also have uh, American Express. Yeah. Which is, uh, yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, so I like that one, but the I think the annual fee is pretty up there. For the- yes, for the for the yeah yeah for the Amex yeah for the this is the I think Chase with the Bonvoy Visa that I have yeah and that one yeah, I think it's like ninety nine dollars so it's not bad at all no, um, pretty, pretty but I, yeah so if I I did the American Express I definitely would like I'm I take full advantage of all the membership uh, type uh, benefits that they have associated with that yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely yeah. do because I have the the Amex. I have a handful. Oh man, uh, yeah, we we can definitely go into credit cards real quick. But uh, because like recently I've gotten like three or four credit cards. So like I got the the X one credit card, which is a one of the flat two percent cashback ones, uh, kind of like the City Double Cash, but it also has like a few boosts where you can get it like up to like ten times the amount on the on like the vendor and stuff. Um, uh huh. And then you already know me. I got that H E B one. For those that don't know what H E B is, I feel sorry for you. But if you're here in like <laughs> mid and then South Texas, because I know it's not all of Texas, but not mid South Texas, H E B is a our grocery chain. And I saw it one day, just happenstance, walking into the into the grocery store, and I was like, man, I might as well get it. So the same week, I got the X one. I got the H E B one, and then. Like a couple of days later, or maybe that same day, uh, I applied for a business credit card through American Express and got the Amex uh, Business Blue Cash. Um, yeah, and that one's actually pretty good, with especially for no annual fee. Uh, and it's another one of those flat two percent cashback cards, but on the business side. Yeah. No, I remember you sending me that link. That was actually, uh, I, I thought it was pretty interesting, uh, especially a grocery store having a credit card like that. But I guess they realize that people are starting to use that more to pay for their expenses so they can get the benefits off of it. So if they can kind of 
make it where you buy more of their products using the credit card, uh, you know, that, that makes them more money. So yeah, I guess it's almost like recycling or washing money just because it's like, you know, it goes to you or goes through you and you're paying it back and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I mean, it's a good idea. I, I just wasn't looking for that credit card right now. I and Plus, I had already grabbed an, uh, a different one that I was wanting to use. Uh, it's more not necessarily balance transfer, but uh, it it was more so you can pull cash when needed. No, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, as a because basically they'll just drop the money straight into your uh, savings account, and either they'll do a variable rate or they'll do a zero interest with a fee. So yeah. it just depends on how you wanna how you wanna do it and how quickly you're gonna pay it off. Because usually you just need the money temporarily. Like so, if you uh, just like I think I mentioned once before, I pull some money and then I dropped it into a savings account. The savings account actually had a higher interest rate than the actual interest rate that was to pay back the uh, credit card. So I was like, well, I mean, for right now, I can just let it sit there and then just make the payments and there's still a bit of an offset or you can either pay it all the way off and just keep the money in the savings account for a year. Either way it go, you're still going to get your, your, your money back out of the deal. Yeah. So, yeah, it was just uh, ways to play around with it. No, I know the good. There's a lot of uh, certificates of deposit and money market accounts that are going up there in rates, especially with you know the Fed rates going up. Yeah, yeah. So that, yeah. Again, yeah, it's a, it's a good way to play around, cause especially with uh, with a CD. You can set it for twelve months, right? So yeah. to, I think the money you can even do like a month now. Like some of them are going month by month or three months. Oh wow! Yeah. Say that one I, I didn't know because I thought the whole you know object of the CD was try to get you to hold uh to get them to hold on to your money for a little bit while they yeah. lend it out to other people. I, th- I think the reason why is because they they don't know how how long the rates will stay that high. So they'll yeah. offer like a a short term certificate of deposit. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a five or five plus APR or APY I should say, um, which is like pretty good and. Uh, so like, I think they'll offer like a three month um, up to a year, but I, I don't think they can guarantee that up to the year it'll be the 5% APY. Yeah. And I mean, and what a CD, you could, it just renews if you don't, if you don't tell them no, it's like, hey, let me take my money and then it'll just renew until the next, next month. So in a sense, yes, I guess it is an easy, uh, easy way to do it where you can just pull your money out when you're ready. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, that's a, Thing. I wish I would have. I, I I knew about them when I was younger. I just didn't capitalize on them necessarily, uh, and I probably should have. Yeah, only said that's the crazy thing. I I knew about them. I even put some money in the CD, but it was only a way to keep me from taking the money. Yeah, you know, and it, it was a way to find. Yeah. So. Yeah. So basically, yeah, yeah, basic that that same thing. Yeah, out of sight, out of mind, and you save more. And that that was literally what it was for, just to keep me from, especially if I say you did your taxes and you actually got a little bit of money back instead of blowing the money. I was like, oh, let me stick it in the CD so I can have it for later on. So it'll be things like that. Yeah, I've always, uh, I've never had a certificate of policy like I sold, but uh, uh, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe I just, I'm one of those people that kind of overthink things to where like, well, if I put it in a CD, then, you know, could I put it in real estate later? Can I, you know, or could I, you know, 
put it into like an IRA or something, grow it that way. And if I really need the money, then I'll just take a loan out on the IRA. And there's like so many things that go through my mind. I'm like, that yeah. kind of just like stops me from doing almost anything. Yeah. Um, but that's one of the things that I'm trying to have a way to have access to different money in different places. And uh, just like when opportunities pop up, you know, your real estate agent say, hey, check this out. Uh, and it's a, it looks like a really good deal. And all that is, you just need to come up with the, the cash, the down payment and the closing costs. And you, you, you know, and cause you already know you're going to get your money back, but it's just one of those things like, how can I, how can I get cash quickly, uh, without pulling in other investors or pulling in, uh, uh what is a hard, hard money lending, things yeah, like that. Yeah. So like it's, uh, it's just other options. And that, that's kind of like how I look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Different ways to leverage your money. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I did, uh, I don't think it, it wasn't this past week, but it was the week before. And I know we didn't get a chance to chop it up, uh, previous weekend cause I had my reserve drill, but, uh, I, uh, met with a, an estate, um, the state attorney to do some non state planning and stuff and set up a trust. Uh, so yeah, I'm doing the paperwork for that right now. And what the plan is, and what I was going through the consultation with her, uh, is that we're going to set up a trust. I have like a couple of LLCs set up here for in Texas. Um, and we're going to split the properties between the LLCs and then the LLCs themselves will be in the trust. Um, yeah. and then, and for those that don't really know what a trust is, it's, it's very similar to a will where, you know, if you pass there's a certain way to split your, your assets, uh, to let's say family member or to your, to your estate. And it just helps, uh, makes things a lot easier. Uh, as in like when you pass and you say you have a, a, a bunch of assets or, or a number of assets and you don't want your family to worry about where it's going to go or who's going to get it or who's going to fight over it, whatever it is, then it's easier way to assign uh, who are the beneficiaries, trustees, and benefactors of your, of your estate or of your assets. Yeah. No, no that's a, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just so many ways to like help protect your money, help protect the people around you, all those different things. I mean, the only thing I, I always worry about, and I guess that's why you should involve a lawyer, involve, you know, a CPA and these different things is like the maintaining of the different LLCs when you split them amongst different properties. Right. Yeah, just making sure that everything legally is done with them, that no one could come back and try to take whatever it is. So, because the whole point is just protecting, protecting you and your family. So, if someone wanted to, you know, try to sue you for something crazy, right? Yeah. Uh, they don't have access to all of that. They they only have access to a certain certain amount. Yeah. And that, yeah, and that way, you know, like I said, it's not to do anything for you to do anything uh, illegal. It's just so that people want try to just frivolously, you know, sue you for anything. Yeah. No, no, I definitely agree with that. And another thing, uh, uh, I like about it and trust is that you can say if you have young kids and say they're young when you pass and you have, you know, X amount of assets and you want to, you know, trust them when they're a certain age, then you can do that. Uh, yeah. You know, say that when they're 21 or even like certain events, like if they go to college or if they want to start a business, then, you know, certain funds from whatever part of the trust can go to that. Right. I think it's, it's a good way to, 
set that up. And another thing I was looking into uh, was what's called the, uh, they call it the infinite banking concept or the, the family uh, banking system. And it was yes. it's something I, I've been interested in for maybe a couple of years now. And I finally kind of understand how it works. And the way it works is that you would get a whole life, uh, a whole term, sorry, whole life insurance policy for X amount of money. Uh, and what you can do with a whole life versus a term policy is that you can borrow against a whole life policy so that, uh, say, like I said, if someone needed a loan for college or if they wanted a loan for, uh, for a business, then they, you could take again or take money against the, the life insurance policy that whoever took the money out would pay back the life insurance policy. So in turn, it's still going towards the family and towards, uh, you know, the, the, your own banking system, instead of, you know, going to chase or going to Amex or going to like any other banking system and asking for a loan, they would go to you or to the family bank to, to take the loan. Yeah. Yeah. No, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, so many, so many different ways to get access to money. It's just knowing, having the knowledge just to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I think I've kind of heard the, the whole life policy thing before, but again, one of those things I have to research, look into and see how you can actually, you know, how you can access the money, how you need to. Cause the yeah. whole life, I think you, it's like, uh, you pay it off in a sense, yeah. right? That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. And that way you just have it there, but then you can actually use it later. Yeah. 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 yeah that's, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, so where like term life policy doesn't necessarily have a cash value until you pass, but that's why term life, term life insurance is also cheaper than whole life insurance. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, uh, that was the thing. I, I know I've had a whole life policy before, but I think, uh, what I didn't like about it was, it's like I was putting money in, but I didn't see any, you know what I'm saying? I didn't see it. Correct. A, yeah. You, you yeah. typically don't see it mature for like the first two to five years. Yeah. So that was one of the things I was like, huh? But I was like, couldn't I save up the same amount of money that yeah. have, you know, and have it stashed somewhere and it grows interest at the same time. So it was like one of those things too. Like, and, and I would have to look deeper into whole like, uh, insurance, you know, to see what is the true benefit besides, um, you know, protecting your family when it's time, when you pass, you know, so they don't have to worry about it or, uh, yeah, having access to it to be able to borrow against it, you know, like what are other benefits? What, you know, why, you know, why pay for it? You know, yeah. So, yeah. and that will say like, if you're looking just to make sure that, you know, people are taking care of what you pass, I think term life insurance is a little bit better because it's a little bit less under your pocket or like, actually it's almost substantial. Like I looked at the, I think the same tail policy I have for term versus whole life, I think would be only more, almost double or maybe more than double uh, what I pay for term. Um, yeah. But like you said, there's different, you know, gives and takes and it really depends on like how you want to use that type of policy, uh, for, for the life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that was that was one of the things that always bothered me. It's like, okay, say if you did a whole life for fifty k, right? You're like, okay, what do I need to do if I personally wanted to save that money and stash it somewhere? And you know, what is the protection behind having the money in a whole life insurance box? So, and maybe that's one of those things we need to you know invite some people onto the podcast that can talk 
you know, to something like that. Yeah. And they explain, yeah, explain exactly what those, you know, what are those benefits to a whole life insurance policy? Yeah, I actually have a couple of friends that are in um, like the life insurance gang. And okay. a few of them work for different companies. And uh, one of them, they definitely focus a lot more on whole life. The other one focuses on term life. And yeah. I, I, I kind of know like those very small amounts of information. Uh, because like if I had them in the room together, they, they probably like put their dinks up. Uh, try to <laughs> yeah. Fit which one's better? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, and like I said, with the term, I definitely have some of those uh, for sure, uh, which are again, like you said, a lot cheaper. Uh, it looks like it go in a sense, right? If something happened to you, it looks like it'll go a lot a lot longer. Like you can have it where it pays off your property, right? It, yeah. I'm going to go buy a new investment property. I want to protect my family. I'm going to make sure that this property gets paid off just in case something happens to me, you know? Yeah. And they still have the property and they can do whatever they want with it. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how I looked at it with the term life. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I definitely uh, believed in the, and believe in the term life policies. And that's why I have uh, at least one on top of the, the SGLI for the military. Yeah. Yeah, because that's, uh, I remember when we were deploying, that was one of the things that they was bringing up to us. You know, you can have multiple insurance policies, you know, along, you know, you could set your, what is that, power attorney, you know, where you can have people that are, as as I say, back in the rear, because that's the way, you know, how you say when you deploy, you deploy yeah. forward and you, have, you leave people in the rear. And it, 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 like you leave your family in the rear and basically, you know, give them some some type of power to be able to handle finances without you. Uh, it depends, you know, how you want to do that. That's definitely all personal. Yeah. If you're the family member that you're giving power to, you give them too much power, they can go do something crazy, like go buy cars in your name and go, buy, you know what I'm saying, go buy houses because you gave them the power. So then you're, you basically, you have to understand who, who are you giving the power for, how much power do they need, you know? Yeah. And a big thing is like, let's say when you're setting up a trust, you also have to do, uh, you know, powers of attorney for like medical powers of attorney, uh, or you have to, uh, grant an executor, you know, trustees, beneficiaries, you have to like lay all those things out. And that's what I like about the trust is that it's very detailed, mm -hmm. um, and can be very specific to whatever situation you can think of. So say if you have a daughter that, you know, ends up getting married and she's, uh, she inherits part of her trust and say that trust is like a million dollars. And for, uh, at some point she gets married. Right. And for, let's say for, just for an example that she has divorced and the, uh, the spouse wants to come after the money that she was given to the trust, they can't because it's not her money. Right. It's not something, even if they had like a, uh, maybe in the prenup or in a nuptial agreement, it could state that, but more than likely they couldn't come after money that's not necessarily hers. It's something that was entrusted to her or inherited to her. Yeah. 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 I, I know we can get like, you know, deep into this and that's, that's probably why we should uh, have somebody on and, and we can probably invite your friends or at least one at a time. We don't go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, like, yeah, my cat's in the back room. <laughs> yeah. So we, we got to get to, you know, the, the topic, of this week, all right. Yeah. Nothing, nothing is owed to you, yeah. which is a very true statement. And uh, uh, again, another one of your titles. Uh, did you want to start it out by explaining? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I'll kind of go off with what's kind of written here. So the, the statement, nothing is owed to you, means that you are not entitled to anything in life simply by existing. It implies that you must work hard and earn the things you want or need, and that you cannot expect anything to be handed to you. And I'm, I definitely support the this concept and statement of nothing is owed to you, because uh, it, it really just like I, I think the the sense of entitlement that a lot of people have um, yeah. can really corrupt their their mindset, um, and really. I think it, it it just ruins a lot of uh, I don't know, but people's lives thinking that they're owed something when they're not. Yeah, uh, I think you know if it's money, if it's yeah, you, know, uh, you know some sort of you know treatment that they're they expect because of you know their background or whatever it is. I don't I don't think it's very warranted for for anyone. Yeah, no, that's uh definitely true uh nothing is owed to you and that's why i try to teach my kids that a, a lot like it, if you want something you got to work for it uh you, you know as kid any kid right they, they're they gonna complain about you know why they can't have this or why we can't do this and like i even explained to uh my daughter like i don't care if we have the money doesn't necessarily mean we need to go get it you know like if you, it's something that you really want then work for it uh, you, we have chores around the house. You can get paid a certain amount of money for. We can put that in your account, and then as you build up, then we can work out whatever whatever it is that you're trying to get to, you know. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and the thing is, I want to get to a point where I have abundance, abundance of wealth, and I have to make yeah. this decision of who I need to give money to, who I don't need to give money to, or or just have the money sitting somewhere so it's for the next generation, regardless, right? Yeah. But the whole point is, you want to get them to understand it, you know, nothing is owed to you. I don't owe you any money. You know, all I owe you is the things that I'm supposed to do as a parent. And that is just, you know, your, your health, you, you know, the, uh, sorry, your, your, your health, uh, your education, you, you know, uh, make sure you have everything that you need. You're not, you know, not just someone that's just, you know, wondering about, you know, yeah. so those are the things that, you know, my main things that I have to take care of, you know, uh, you know, just teaching you life lessons, teaching you, uh, showing you how to get access to more education, things like that. But that's, to me, that's the job of a parent. And that's why I, I try to let them know nothing is owed to you. I don't, I, and like I said, if I had Warren Buffett's money, I'm still not gonna, I'm still not gonna, uh, just give them anything. Well, yeah, it, it's basically, Hey, you're, this is what you need. And this is what you're gonna, you're gonna have to work to, to get. So if you see me and I have this long list of things I've done in my life. looks like you, you got your work cut out. You need to go ahead and get started. You know? Yeah. 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 The thing is like, especially, you know, from, from my perspective, of course I, I haven't been a parent, but of course I have parents. I, I don't think the only thing that's owed to a child is that, you know, your parent is able to, you know, you know, put a house over your head, you know, feed you, you know, make sure you have, you know, clothes, uh, you know, and then, you know, you know, love for it. And I think that's about it. I don't yeah. think it should be anything more or less than that. As in, you know, they don't, they don't owe you a fancy car. They don't have to give you anything after you're 18. They don't have to coddle you. They don't have to baby you. They don't, they just don't, they don't have to do all those additional things that, uh, maybe it's something that the media shows people or, uh, that they see from other people, but, 
other than those very basic necessities, yes, they're they're nice to have. Yes, oh my god, it would be nice to you know just get uh, a fancy car from your parents or you know like a, a mansion from your parents or whatever it is. Right, those are nice things to have, but they're not requirements, and it's not something that's owed to everyone or owed to any. Yeah, no, that that, that is a true statement. Uh, and then, did you hit your statements of uh, em- uh, to emphasize the importance of it? No, not yet, but no. Hey everyone, quick interruption. I just wanted to say from both Craig and I, thank you for taking the time to listen to us and our random rambling about life. If you have enjoyed this and think even one other person will enjoy this, then please share out this link, whether you found us on YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or any other platform. It costs no money and little time, but would have a great positive impact for our podcast and brand. All right, enough with the shameless plug. Let's get back to the podcast. Uh, so the, one of the biggest things is, you know, personal responsibility. Um, for me, that's, that's kind of like the, one of the core portions of nothing is owed to you as a, when you feel someone owes you something, you are now absolving yourself of responsibility of getting what you want. Right. As in, if you feel like someone owes you, like say if you're, you feel like your employer owes you a certain amount of money because you're doing X amount of work, right? Now you're taking the responsibility off of you to go and make that money, right? Now you're dependent and highly dependent on someone else or someone external to help you reach your financial goals, right? I know I'm saying you can't be dependent on other people for, to help you get your financial goals. What I'm saying is that you also need to take a personal responsibility as in, well, you know, maybe it's because of my education. Maybe it's because of my lack of experience. Maybe it's because of, you know, my lack of leadership, X, Y, Z, right? And say, let's say if you are exemplifying all those things, that it should not be incredibly hard for you to get another position somewhere else where you are getting paid whatever you feel you are worth. But it's not up to that specific employer to just give you all the money because you do X, Y, and Z either well or not well. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, it... Yeah, that's that's yeah. It's definitely should be on the person, right? Um, and that's kind of like I said, I'll just go off of me. Uh, I don't. Uh, yes, yeah, so again, I want more money. Yeah, but I don't go for just hey, let me pressure my employer to give me more money because yeah, yeah I think the, if first of all, I need to do the research. How much money should I get paid? And then uh, after that, what education level I need to be at or experience level I need to be at? Uh, and then what what uh, position at the job that needs to, you know what I'm saying? That like that that actually gets that type of pay. So like the that that's the things that go through my head. So that's why I like I don't like expect, hey, well, I need more money. I need more money. And then sometimes you, you have to look at yourself, right? Is it is it my finances that I that are in trouble? Why am I asking for more money? Or is it uh, you know, just because okay, they really aren't paying me to standard of, you know, my real worth that I have going on at my, you know, at my company, especially if you see other people around you that kind of like, you know, I don't say like, you know, loaf, but they, they more like cruise, cruise along and they can still get paid the same amount of money. They, then you kind of like, think about it. Am I, am I truly a value? Cause if they can pay a person the same amount of money, but let them do less work, you know, then, then I'm not, that's not my true value. Then it's, it's, you know, they're, it's something has to change in a sense, right? 
Yeah. And I think a lot of people will get into that comparison game where like, hey, I'm doing all this work. Uh, these people aren't and they're getting paid the same amount as me. Right. And you know, that that is definitely true, I think, for a lot of uh industries, especially you know, where we work at, uh in IT, you can definitely find a lot of people that are just overall lazy in general, like as in like that's just their kind of work ethic. Um, or they won't do more than they're expected of or expected to do, which is uh, very common in DOD contracting uh, because a lot of people will say, well, let's top part of my contract. I don't want to do this. I want to do that. Or I don't have to do those things. Um, so they'll do you know, the very bare minimum and just kind of you know, skate by. Um, and I think that's where sometimes like your ego will kind of get inflated a little bit. I know mine has definitely got inflated to where I'm like, dude, why are these people not doing anything? Then why am I doing everything? And why are they still getting paid? Like I, and I've said it before, I was like, if I'm doing your job and I deserve your paycheck, like it's, it, I know that sounds like very douchey, but if you've ever been in that situation, you understand exactly what I'm talking about, where you're doing the work of at least like 10 people and all those other people could just be fired and you could just get their paychecks and the company would still save a whole bunch of money. Like, it, it it seems unfair, but there there's and and while maybe those feelings are warranted, you still have to check yourself uh, really quickly and kind of just take a, a self assessment of you as a if you're if you're in that situation where you're doing you know eight ten people's work and you're still there, then that's on you, right? And that's not their problem; that's your problem, right? Or that's a problem you have. So it's kind of similar to where uh, MJ or Michael Jordan and uh, Scott at Pippen, right? They they got paid totally differently, right? They got paid like uh, leaps and bounds differently from each other. Uh, where I think Mike was making more than the rest of the team combined for like a year or two, uh, and I think Scotty, I don't know what if Scotty found out or or what had happened, but I know he had left. Uh, after figuring out the the difference in pay gap, but um, but there are those situations where you know you could be number two and not getting paid as much as number one, uh, but I mean that that comes to a decision to like, are you willing to stay and still get paid like number two, or do you want to go somewhere else, be number one and get put, uh, paid as number one, and are you willing to be number one for you know X amount of years? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean it. Yeah, especially when it comes to something like that, he 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 did bring championships. But he yeah. did do it without a team. Uh, it's just when he was there with the team, he just contributed more. And yeah, yeah kind of like the same things, right? If you're doing everyone's job, but that's the thing. He he made it where he he put the rest of the team to work, so no one just was able to just you know what I'm saying just be uh, play their position and just go. Yeah, right. Like yeah, when it came to those championships, everyone was was in the game, you know, uh, you know, knocking down threes. If it was getting rebounds, if it was making jump shots, it, you know, it's getting down to the to the end of the court quickly. You know, everyone's playing their part. It's just yeah. he just contributed more. So you um, that he yeah, he, when it comes to him, I think he made his team better. You know, and which is another thing, a good quality of a leader. Yeah, and I think it kind of leads into the next one where it says accountability and where you have to be very self-accountable to realize what you feel you are owed or, or to check yourself when 
when you feel that sense of entitlement because like so like going to MJ or Michael Jordan he was definitely self-accountable to his dedication on the court right to his teammates to his team and he was also very accountable for his other teammates right to where he was almost like a second coach to you uh was it Phil Jackson and uh so like there's a there's a reason why MJ got paid a certain amount, and there's a reason why Scotty didn't, right? There and it, there's probably a lot more reasons. But if you're not willing to be accountable for yourself, and if you're not willing to be accountable for the rest of your team, then there's not necessarily a justification for why you should be paid the same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, um, and that's uh, uh, I guess move down to uh, self reliance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so with uh, self-reliance, uh, if, with this one, uh, what what was the thoughts behind it? So self-reliance, as in, uh, so we, I kind of talked about it a little bit earlier, was uh, being dependent, right? So when you're saying that someone owes you something, you're now dependent on them, and they now have some sort of control over your life. So if you're dependent on your... Uh, employer for money if you're dependent on your spouse for making you feel good or making you feel happy then now that you have a lack of self-reliance on yourself to do those things as okay you're telling yourself you can't make money right you're telling yourself you can't be happy without someone else you're telling yourself that you can't lead yourself because there's no one else to teach you or to to help you or hold your hand okay so uh, you in a sense you kind of we started hitting it a little bit earlier, huh? Yeah. Well, we're under personal responsibility. Is that yeah. Okay. Yeah, because definitely. <laughs> yes, uh, that would, that's a good point. Self reliance, because uh, when it comes to like, okay, making sure you have the right education, having you know, uh, having the right people in your corner, or talking to the right mentors, you can't just all blame it on on your employer or blame it on, on your parents or whoever it is, right? Like, you know, why didn't you help me? Why didn't yet? Yes. You know, those things, it does get frustrating, especially when you find out a little bit later that someone could have helped you, helped you. And then you're like, you're like, all right, well, you know what? Especially when you're an adult, you just say, hey, I'm an adult. Let me handle this. Uh, There's a lesson learned. And now I can just, I can keep going. Uh, I can now come up with new plans, Uh, especially when it comes to career, right? Like how uh, uh, I probably mentioned it before, how I do with uh, uh, career, especially a certain position I want. I look at uh, job recs. I uh, just go online, look at it, look at a certain position, look at what what they're asking for, because that might not mean that what they're what they're really looking for when you get to the position, but they might be that overall, right? But you could take that the little bit and then see, hey, what experience are they looking for? See if I can get that experience at the the current job that I'm at now, or uh, the same as like finding out which classes will give me the same education as needed. Uh, for the position, because a lot of times they 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 want a bachelor's degree, right? But then they they're cool with a bachelor's degree. All they want is the experience behind it. Yeah. Uh, yet, and then you know, obviously, other positions go like, hey, you can get your master's, you can get your PhD, but and you, this is all the experience you would need. Uh, again, I get when it comes to education, having to bring uh, to make sure that you're bringing value to your company, to yourself, to your family, all that is like you you actually need to find out what is really needed. Uh, because you can have education, but then it's like a, 
you what you get is like an overall. You don't get specifics when it comes to a, a, a job, right? You it, most of the training you get is is right there at the job, yeah. right? I mean, you, you could take even our certifications. Our certifications tell us we only know a certain amount, but once we get in the position, you go like, this has nothing to do with that certification, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but and that's just uh, you know how it is. You just you you got to learn from those different things, or you take uh, take certain situations to make yourself self uh, self reliant, uh, so you'll be able to uh, grow yourself without always looking for a handout or looking for someone to push you along or things like that. It also makes you more adaptable as in like, if, if you're positioning yourself right now, your current, at your current work, your current position, and you're, you know, continuing to learn, you're, you're, uh, taking lessons, you're, you're going to classes, you know, keeping up with your certification and stuff like that. Um, and say for whatever reason you get laid off, right. For whatever reason, um, then you wouldn't worry as much because you would know that you could just pivot to another, you know, position or pivot to another company if, you know, if needed. So I, I think, you know, having that self-reliance uh, really will improve the overall, you know, professional life, of course, but, you know, personal life as well, as in you're not, uh, you're able to control yourself, you know, emotionally, financially, um, without, uh, I guess relying on other people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To to kind of cover down on a few more points. It's uh so you know nothing is owed to you. Uh, it acknowledges that success and fulfillment in life are earned through hard work, perseverance, and dedication. And it also implies that expecting things to be given to you without effort or merit is unrealistic and unproductive. And then. Uh, Overall, the statement, you know, nothing is owed to you, encourages individuals to take ownership of their lives and work towards their goals rather than expecting or demanding that things be handed to them. Yeah. Sounds good, man. And I'm enjoying this. All right, man. We'll get down to our frugal and cheap. Frugal and cheap. Uh, This one here is shopping at secondhand stores. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So, all right. uh, What do you think about that? Is that too? Cheap or frugal? So I'm not a, a materials person, so I would definitely say it's frugal because honestly, like if it looks decent or, um, you know, if it's something you could fix up really quickly, who really cares where it came from or how much it costs, right? Like yeah. I've never, like no one's ever looked at my dining table and be like, hey, how much did this cost you? Unless, you know, it was, you know, they really liked it or something. And, uh, but I mean, like, yeah, it, yeah, I would say it's more frugal than, than it is cheap because I've definitely gone like scratch and dent stuff now. Uh, yeah. I've never gone to a secondhand store, but I've definitely gotten furniture secondhand, like from uh, my buddy's parents. They, you know, had a couple couches for me. Uh, another buddy, he had like a pullout couch for me. Um, you know, all my original furniture that I had was from my parents from probably when I was younger or, you know, maybe when I was born. Like that's how yeah. that, that stuff is. And it's still on, you know, decent condition to where I was using it for, for years until like, you know, this past year. Yeah. No, I mean, one, like I was telling you earlier, uh, one of my apartments, especially when I moved to Dallas, that's how I furnished it. And that was with the secondhand store. Uh, honestly, I think it was a bookshelf that I bought two bookshelves. They were, uh, they exactly the same, I guess it's maybe dropped by the same person, but it just happened to be two of the same ones there. 
uh, they just went in the same location because I think I bought one and I came back later and I saw the other one and I was like, I bought that one too. And uh, uh, that was something that saved me money and we kept that for a long time. Honestly, I think my daughter may still have that one in, in her closet. I mean, like we, um, uh, I also bought a sleeper couch and it, it was the only thing is like I should have, you know, did more work on it so it'd be more of a comfortable sleeping couch because I think yeah. more I want for sitting. But it was okay. Um, I, I had it for guests just in case, right? Yeah, that, yeah. But that that was you know the the, the broke days. I uh, definitely my credit wasn't wasn't the best, and it, uh, it I you know came up with another solution to having furniture in the home, right? I mean, yeah, you might have to clean it off a little bit. You might have to uh, do a little work on it. Depends on what it is. Some things you you buy it and it's it's good to go. Like just people didn't want it, <laughs> you know. You know. Yeah, so that would, uh, it, it, and this is like my my theory, right? You know, at at some point, you know, people who had to bring themselves up from their bootstraps, you know, you're you, you didn't have much cash, you didn't have you know good credit, but you learned how to live frugal and cheap. You know, you can to use those same ideas even once you start making money, which actually puts more money into your pocket versus, you know, now that I can afford it, now I'm going to go buy the best thing. Now, now that I have good credit, now I'm just going to go, you know furnish my whole house, my whole apartment with all these new things. And as you know, if you keep some of those ideas that you had before, then you put more money into your account, which allows you to have more money for investing, which also brings more money back into your pocket. So like, yeah. it just you know, if you know, everyone, it, cause I know I, I, I'm the same way you let that lifestyle creep, you know, get in and you're like, Oh, now I can afford it. So let me get it. You know, uh, yeah. I, I can afford, afford this really nice restaurant let me start going more you know <laughs> yeah, that'll get you bro. that'll get you yeah. real quick yeah but yeah but for me i think it's i think it's more of a, a frugal thing i know some people might think it's cheap but i think it's frugal uh where now, what if you so, give someone something from a secondhand store well it depends on if it if say if it was it looked brand new how would they know kind of like what you right. said before yeah <laughs> So they they would never know, and they would still think it's a great gift. So it, in a sense, you save money and made someone happy. No, I definitely agree. So I I, I call it frugal. <laughs> yeah, frugal it is. Yeah. All right, man. You want to get us out of here? Yes, sir. All right, we just want to say thank you everyone for listening. This is Jane Craig signing off the Trump Sheet Webcast podcast please like and subscribe and share out to anyone who can benefit from this podcast and we'll see you next week all right see you next week